As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This over. Cool. All right. So the reason why you guys might have seen me bring this up here, these are the date palms that greeted Jesus on his way to Jerusalem when he was leaving um, the Mount of Olives, which is With his, which is a community or city called Bethany. And, uh, but these were often used as a welcome sign, like they're welcoming their king. Say, Hosanna, Savior. He's our Savior. He's coming to redeem us. But they also grow uh, in our many areas around Phoenix. So um, although they're from the Middle East, they were imported here. And we grow them all over the place, so you can find dates all over. So I think it's around uh, the harvest time for these are around fall. So, yeah. Um, summer, late, late summer to fall. But they would hold all the, these are much are, these are much longer than this. I just cut it uh, a little baby one. And they have spikes on the end, so in order to prevent anybody from getting hurt. Hi, Ms. Deanna. <laughs> and they would lay them down before Jesus as he came in on his uh, donkey. But we'll get into that. All right, so opening prayer. Thank you, Father, for Palm Sunday. This day, we celebrate the day that you came down as your entrance to let everybody know, uh, basically making everything viral about the works that you do. This is the first, the first time that you let it, wanted everybody to know what was about to come. Um, before that, it was uh, you saying, don't tell anybody what just happened like i've healed you you can see you can talk all of all the things and ways that you've helped people but lord i pray that this message will be informative will help somebody um, understand everything that leads up to you dying on the cross for us this is all preparation this is all prophesied and even uh in this teaching today It will show the um, things that you prophesied too, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
So, in this sermon, we'll, for Palm Sunday, we'll talk about Jesus' heart for his people, what made him angry, and what made him weep. Some of these things will be, might be mentioned on Good Friday and also Easter service, so uh, just as a, a reminder. Uh, so, what type of things make you angry? Anybody in here? <laughs> well, I'll just tell you. When my kids don't want to get up and get ready for school, oh, man, that, that really irritates me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that can irritate, too. Um, say we're cleaning the house, and they just want to sit down and put their headphones on and play games. I'm like, no, it's time to clean right now. It's like... <laughs> Friday, Friday's our cleaning day in my house, so, you know, come home from school, and now we have, from the time that we get home till when we're done, so we, we get home, it's cleaning time, we clean the house together, go from room to room, <laughs> but it, sometimes it just takes them a while to get into it, we started them from when they were uh, baby's age, more like my niece and nephew, but um, still, um, it kind of irritates me when I when I tell them in advance we're going to do something, and when it comes time to do it, they're not really ready. <laughs> so I had to keep on reminding them and say, okay, well, we won't be able to do certain things throughout the week because it's taking up the time that we could have used now for cleaning, but as you can see, that kind of irritates me. Um, how about this one? When I make a when I make a document, like a word document or or some sort of file, and it gets erased or moved, and now I got to start all over again. <laughs> Just like uh, this morning when I was trying to print, and the printer got jammed. Like, oh gosh, are we going to be able to start on time? Is the technology going to work? But. Um, what about this? Uh, you get cut off the road when you're driving. I hope you guys are all safe. But there's a time in the Bible where it shows Jesus, even Jesus got angry, and he turned over merchant tables in the temple because of the actions of the people. Now, in John <coughs> chapter 2, 15, I don't know if I have this one up, but... It says, so he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. So uh, some images you might see of Jesus is just this scrawny guy and everything looks all beautiful on the edges and uh, make it look like a glamour shot but <laughs> yeah that's nice and all but he was a carpenter he built tables he he walked for miles he chopped down trees built tables and here it says he made a whip so he's you know he was uh, of course he's been around animals and had to guide them and stuff so but um, there are some things that irritated him too but uh, in the in the right way, you know, he was, he was representing the Lord. So, 
um, he just knew that the temple wasn't being used for its purpose that was designed from God. Um, by the way, here's a fun fact. Talking about coins, they had uh, their currency was talents and shekels. So um, one talent is 2,626 shekels and is the price of an ox or a cow. How, do you, how much do you think a cow costs now? Exactly. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, the range, the type of cow, and I guess how it's raised is behavior or its type of bread. But it's like a cell phone is $1,000, give or take. The smartphones, yes. It <laughs> some phones are cheaper. Some are even more expensive. <laughs> it's all good. You're having a good time. Um, doves. I looked it up. There's many different kinds of doves, but I see they range from like thirty dollars to fifteen hundred dollars. And so. Yeah, there's some. There's like some of the exception, even more than that. But I don't know who'd pay that much. But you have to be a fanatic of the doves. But um, in the temple, of course, they had money changers. So that's that's kind of like um, trading the currency. And um, what I wanted to say is that they wanted to um, tell people that this currency is holy currency. Like, you can't be saved unless you have this type of currency or, or things like that. And basically telling people that you, can only, you can't be saved unless you do it this way instead of the actual way that um, Jesus was trying to reveal. So at that time... Uh, there's festivals in Jerusalem, the time when uh, Jesus was coming down. So the festivals are Passover, Shavuot. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Sukkot. Um, so since there's festivals, you know, they had harvest time. So we have harvest here. We also have, I brought in this morning carrots, lettuce. And uh, sugar cane and grapefruit. Now, but the interesting thing about that here in Jerusalem is our climate is very similar. Just our our winter lows get just as low as Jerusalem, but our highs get here. They get ten degrees higher than in Jerusalem. So it does get cold there, and it does get hot, but just not as hot. It's more like it's probably the closest thing I can think of in my geography skills is probably Palm Springs, California. Um, but uh, I'll show you some slides later on where um, in the town of Jericho is more desert land and it's closer to the Sea of Galilee, so a lower elevation. 
but then they went to Jerusalem, and it's uphill. But you got to go through some canyons, kind of like if you were driving from here to go to Sedona, it's kind of the same thing, uphill and to a more grassy land. And they've got olive trees there, and olive trees pretty much grow wild in Sedona. But Or Mount Lemmon. I've seen a lot of those in Mount Lemmon driving up. More like going from Tucson to, almost to the top of Mount Lemmon. Um, in the first century, when pilgrims arrived in Jerusalem, they frequently encountered money changers and merchants around the Jerusalem temple. Merchants sold animals, doves, or cattle for temple sacrifices. It was easier for travelers to buy an animal near the temple than to bring one along. The Jews traveled to Jerusalem from other lands. They brought money for room, board, and souvenirs. Most importantly, they required to pay the annual half-shekel tribute to the temple. And a shekel is less than a talent. I, uh, I was looking at the uh, websites that have the currency that, that show um, the exchange. Some were saying a shekel is like 160th of a talent. And some were saying it's 116th, but since I don't know for sure, I'm not saying but it's less than the talent. Um, so a half shekel, some are required to pay an annual half shekel tribute to the temple. The currency they had would be of their native land or acquired in trade along their way. It says that, the Bible says that Jesus wept. He wept because of how his people see of how he could see his people being taken in the future when they could not see it. But before we go more into this, um, let's first look at the book of Zechariah. The prophet Zechariah, um, chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, here comes kings to, here come kings to you, righteous and having salvation. Gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So baby donkey. This is in the Old Testament prophesying that the Messiah would do this. So when he comes, they would know that this was supposed to happen. So anybody that saw this and knew the scriptures would be prepared. Um, Zion meant Jerusalem and later Israel as the people of God. Daughter of Zion does not refer to a specific person. It's a metaphor for Israel and the loving, caring, patient relationship God has with his chosen people. Is anybody ridden on a donkey here? You have. How was the donkey? Or how are you... <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It's not like riding a horse. Okay, so the donkey is not like a horse. We we think of Jesus as king coming on this beautiful strong horse that's ready to go forward and once you go yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> well, um 
He didn't, he wasn't on the donkey the whole way, but towards the end he was. Um, but uh, I heard that donkeys are really stubborn and they don't go when you tell them to go all the time. But turn with me to Luke. Um, Luke 19, verse 28 to 44. And there's, there's the other Gospels that have the sermon too. They just say it differently, but all is well. It's all pretty much pointing to the same thing. After Jesus has said this, um, he went on ahead going to Jerusalem. So basically he's coming from Jericho. He's going west to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, these two towns are right next to each other. It's basically two hills. He sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. So this is Jesus talking to them. Jesus doesn't see this over there. He's telling the guys to be there. So them being obedient, they went there, found it. Okay, this is supposed to happen. I trust Jesus. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they are untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, withdrew their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices. For all miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. At that point they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Save us. You're our savior. Uh, Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He said, I tell you, he replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. This is the second instant recorded in the Bible where Jesus wept. It's also in John 11, chapter 35. Verse 43 says, The day will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. This is what Jesus has prophesied that will happen. Um. Verse 45, when Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. 
So every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on to his words. So what, what happens um, in this prophecy is around AD 70, uh, the temple was overtaken and basically they lost it in short. Many of you know a lot more about the history um, in Israel where they, they lost the temple and was being taken over. But just letting you know, this was the prophecy that Jesus had explained to the people. Now, next slide. Walking distance from Jericho to Jerusalem. Here's Jericho. And Jerusalem was much... Of course, this is a newer map. This is now. And some of these names are different now than they were back then just because of the culture and the, and the language. There are many name changes, some of them Arabic, some Hebrew. And then there you've got the new towns. And then in many of these places, you have the old ancient cities, which are the ruins. So, of course, presently... Here's Jericho, and he traveled along this way to the Mount uh, of Olives in Bethany and uh, Bethphage are right here. Old Town, uh, Jerusalem, or the Old City is basically right here. The Jordan River runs through here. You can go to the next slide. Now we have a topographic map. Jericho, looking kind of like Phoenix in the desert, and... I don't know if this was green in ancient times, but there's a lot of canals built and irrigation has improved. So just like Phoenix, ours looks really green like this. Jerusalem gets more rain from God, <laughs> naturally. So more greenery, grass, olive trees everywhere, cedars, acacias, many different things, making it easier to harvest. Okay, next. According to Google, if you were to walk from Jericho to Jerusalem, and this is, this is along a paved street. Back then, they didn't have the asphalt or anything like that. They had some areas were nicely paved um, stone um, that the Romans, basically, their architecture was incorporated to. But... Seven and a half hours to walk. That's like, that's like going from Maricopa, <laughs> where I live, to here. Or depends on uh, the body. But Jesus and those people back then, they walked. They walked a lot. And you had to have money to, to have a donkey. Or uh, if you owned a horse, that was, that was kind of privileged. That's, that's a nice car. Um, but when he got closer to here, that's when um, he got on the donkey. Long walk. Next. This is more of the ancient times. So if you've never seen an ancient picture of Jerusalem, this is it. Now it's all built. Everything around here is modernized, except for uh, 
the architecture in the old town. So his journey came uphill. This is a hill. This is a hill. Um, it says Mount of Olives. It's more like us looking at uh, something smaller than South Phoenix, uh, South Mountain. Okay, so to Bethany, to Bethphage. So it goes down, back and up. Uh, basically right here, he got on the donkey, came down here, and this is, uh, this is the Jordan River. So of course it's gonna look like this and all this is zigzagging. And then back up right here to the temple. Okay, the next uh, image is another geographic image in three-dimensional. This is Google Earth. If, if we are right here, we are basically on the Mount of Olives looking west. Down, this is the Jordan River. You, you don't see a whole lot right there, maybe because it's dry season. But uh, this is modern times. And... Uh, this is the temple. This is uh, taken over by the Arabics. So it's Arab. And this is the prayer wall right here that the Jews pray on, waiting for their Messiah to come. Um, before, there's the wall. The wall looked the same, almost. But the temple was much flatter. I didn't see any vegetation in here. Um, but the temple... Main part was right here in the middle where this current one is. And it was basically up vertical with, I believe, columns. And then the, the rooftop was flat. But this is where they were, uh, where Jesus drove out the merchants. Next slide. They bombs. The scientific name is Phoenix Dactyliferous. I tried to grow four of them in my backyard, but uh, they didn't transplant well. I did it wrong. <laughs> um, actually, I think they died from the cold. Um, I didn't protect them. But you see these all over Phoenix. So don't be surprised, but these are the same leaves that they use to cut. And these are the flowers up top, and then the flowers put on the fruit, and then it brings weight down. A lot of times you'll see people covering them with nets. That's to keep the birds out. Um, last time I had one was I was doing a, um, traffic work for the city of Phoenix and going along I-17, and the Islamic temple I was right next to, I gathered some of the dates that were on the ground right there. They're very juicy. They had the uh, medjool date ones. They're really thick. So use these for trade and everyday consumption in the Middle East, in Israel. Okay, next slide. Um, well, uh, as I was saying before, in Mark, uh, they had the same scriptures, so you're going to skip this one and also Matthew. 
if you want to look at the other, uh, you can go to the next slides. Yeah. Okay. So Ephesians. This is depicting the right way that God says to be angry. Ephesians 4.26, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not let the devil get a foothold. So he's saying you, we got to overcome our problems and not let it stay on us. we got to put it in God's hand. It's, it's not wrong to be angry, but... We just can't hold on to it. It's basically going to destroy us internally. Not that healthy. <laughs> so um, the people of Jerusalem thought they were going to get a militant Messiah to be their king, to take over the nations like the past kings and the Roman government. They didn't know he was going to suffer first and then die for them. Jesus knew the problem was not in the government but in the people. They wanted... They want Jesus on their terms. Um, they wanted to take away the Roman government and not their own sins. They wanted to live by religion and not by Jesus' plan. But another fact about Jerusalem here is uh, the breakdown of the word. So in Hebrew, Jeru is founded by God. And Salem is likeness or image of God. So Jesus, wouldn't Jesus want a city that's founded by God to be in likeness of God or the image of God? God is in human flesh and had to go there and set things and make them straight. So he had the authority. But in John chapter 2, verse 18 to 21, um, I don't think I have this up here, but says, then the Jews responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all of this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. So that was the people. He's going to raise up nation of people. And deliver them. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm going to close out in prayer. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.